It's Adasha Townsend of the Feast and Fashion Podcast. I'm a veteran food and beverage journalist who's worked with some of the most notable media outlets in the world. Feast and Fashion is the intersection of food and fashion, one beautiful plate or glass at a time. With each episode, I will introduce you to fascinating, fabulous people in the culinary industry. Today, Ryan Wilson joins me. He is the CEO of The Gathering Spot, a membership-only private club with locations in Atlanta, D.C. and soon L.A. These sprawling venues attract astute, diverse folks who come to mingle, learn from one another, and so much more. The restaurants at the gathering spot also boast tangy, spicy wings and a signature smoky old-fashioned. You know what? I'm just going to let Ryan tell us all about it. Welcome to Feast and Fashion. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's it's so awesome to have you because um, I just came across the gathering spots recently. So I'm really interested in the concept behind it. I can already tell that it's really cool. Thank you. Well, it's funny where life takes you. I had no anticipation ever of starting a business. My, my goal growing up was to be an attorney. And to make a very long story short, I, uh, I came up with the idea for the business while I was in law school. And there were a lot of things going on. Uh, I, I missed first not being able to have access to everything that college provided, different types of people and uh, thought leaders on campus and the space to organize. Um, but the, the second thing that really happened that, that pushed us was the death of Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman's uh, subsequent, uh, he, he, was, he, he wasn't convicted of his murder. And so I got an email from some friends that said, what are we going to do? And I responded back to them with the idea of building a physical place where we could have the conversation. And so since that paragraph, I've been pursuing uh, trying to make this uh, this place in this community a reality. So you you stationed the first location in Atlanta. Why Atlanta? I think Atlanta is one of the more important cities in the country right now. Uh, when you look at Atlanta, you have a ton of startups. You've got a lot of big businesses. You've got awesome access to talent because of all the colleges colleges and universities that are here. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a creative community that honestly takes anything that happens in the city and helps to make it go everywhere. And so when we looked at building a new type of private club with a different type of membership uh, base, uh, certainly for from an industry perspective, Atlanta had all of the, the different industries really growing at the same time that we thought would embrace the, uh, the, the concept. And so we decided to start here first. So the gathering spot is a private membership only uh, concept. Just explain your thought process on why you decided upon that. So we, we use the term private club uh, specifically because it, it, it really uh, signals our intentionality to get to know every single member of the club. Hmm. Past that, honestly, most things that you think about when you think about private clubs or country clubs, mm-hmm. they really don't apply to us. I mean, the youngest member is 21, the oldest is 89. Every industry is represented. Uh, You will find tremendous diversity within the club. But then we also appeal both to the professional and the social interests of the membership. And I I, I think that that's one of the best parts. I mean, you can you can see a lot of different programs happening here, but you can also come to lunch and see a person that's wearing a T-shirt and jeans sitting next to a person that's wearing a suit and tie. And our goal is to try to facilitate uh, connections. But to do that, you've got to know everybody that's that's there. So that's that's why we focus on on being intentional about how we curate the membership community. So how many members do you have thus far? 
So network wide, there's there's a little over five thousand, and and wow. um, TGS is now the largest private club in Atlanta. And as we continue to to expand throughout the country, uh, we're, we're fortunate that the communities continue to grow as well. So tell me about some of the events that that you would find at the gathering spots. So we, we program 20 times a month in every city uh, that we have a club. And so there are a lot of things that you can come and see and thousands of events at this point that we've hosted. Um, a, a sample, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about anything from uh, your taxes uh, to to things connected to, to dating, uh, to engaging our political uh, climate. And so it, it it really does range. It's, it's hard to actually put a bow around uh, our programming, but I will say that it's inspired by the things that are going on in our community. Our, our team takes things that are being discussed um, at the at the dinner table and within the group chat, and we bring uh, experiences that are meant to educate and inspire, ultimately connect people. Wow, that's that's incredible. So you get that feeling sort of when you're in the Atlanta space. Tell me what you get when you're in DC and then what to expect when the Los Angeles location opens. So it's important for us that every club is authentic to the cities that we're building them in. And we, we take that point really, really seriously. I mean, it has to feel like where you are. Uh, and so the club in DC, it, it feels like DC. I mean, it's reflective of uh, not only the industries that you see that are there, but then also just the way that folks like to gather. I mean, I lived in D.C. for a while, and I mean, there, there's there's simple differences. I mean, so Atlanta is not a happy hour town, but D.C. is. Uh, Atlanta is not a brunch town in the same way that D.C. is. And so you make decisions uh, from a design perspective, from a programming perspective uh, to reflect the, the community that you're in. And so D.C., for for um, uh, for our, our, our purpose, needed to feel like what what the city feels like, which, again, is a, a, a tremendous uh, example of a lot of uh, D.C. doesn't get enough credit for, for just how uh, diverse it, it is from from an industry perspective. People think about government, but there's a lot of people that are building cool things in D.C. What about L.A.? What should we expect with the L.A. concept? So uh, L.A., uh, again, true, true to the to the vibe of the city and. Uh, we we spent a long time trying to think about where to to physically be in LA, and the club um, is, is in a, a neighborhood that I'm really proud of. The club's the club is on West Adams in LA. So for folks that know the city, um, we were specific about about uh, wanting to be there. But who you'll see um, a similar mix to where where what you're going to see in any club diversity, right? I mean, we we do not want to uh, on any time that you're there have just one type, uh, you know, of, of person. I mean, we, we, we spent a long time trying to make sure that similar to almost like a, a college class, there's a lot of different people that need to make up a university class in order for the university to function. So you need somebody on the track team and somebody playing the flute. That's what you'll see inside of TGS, people who are interested in, in different things. Uh, but I mean, of course, a, a heavy, a creative and, and, and entertainment-based uh, group will, will be a part of what we what we're what we're actively building right now, honestly, in LA. And I'm in Chicago, and I saw that you had Chicago on the list and some other cities. Are those going to be satellite cities, or are you eventually seriously think, considering coming to the other cities as well? So I, I can't break any any news today, but I, <laughs> I, I can't 
I can say that no, we're we are uh, aggressively pursuing building clubs in in all of the cities that we've identified. So that's that's New York, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, and Charlotte, uh, where the the real goal in the short term is to to build uh, physical clubs. But honestly, this business has always stood about or stood for connecting people, and so we we believe that we can do that work and are doing it uh, while we're while we're waiting on the the real estate process to uh to finish i I don't know why i imagine well i saw some of the photos that were on your site and i saw kamala harris our our vice president and so i'm imagining people of that level are coming to your events and they're speaking and some ted some people have been um ted speakers um they've spoken at your events as well so that's the caliber people should expect to to come to these type of events i assume yeah, we've been fortunate to 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 really have some of the uh, the top thought leaders and 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 figures within our community uh, speak and 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 be at the club. I mean, anybody from uh, the the president and vice president of the United States uh, to all le- levels of elected official, both state and local, and and, um, and a ton of senators that that have that have visited and spoken. Name of Cory Booker to. Um, uh, well, now, now Vice President Harris. I was, I was going to say Senator Harris, but I mean, it, it's it's been it's been interesting, right? I mean, one of my favorite days in TGS, uh, we we hosted uh, Drake all in the evening, and and, oh, wow. and then the next morning, uh, woke up to uh, to host an event with uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder, and we were talking about the census for, for that particular function. And so the club really is dynamic in that way. I mean, you, you'll go back and forth uh, between uh, different industries and, and, and frankly, I mean, folks that traditionally would not have met one another a shared space. Our, our goal here is to have this be the place where they can do it. How many people can you accommodate at one time as far as members like for an event or something like that? Is what, if there's an event going on, are people doing other things throughout the space? Um, describe yeah. that to me. So the, the clubs are the clubs are large. I mean, just to focus on on Atlanta, our first club, um, it's 25,000 square feet. And so we we have event space, a restaurant and bar and workspace. And, and folks are doing all three of those same things at the same time. Uh, we designed it. I mean, it, the the club um, can can host in Atlanta a couple thousand people if, if we if we need to. It's 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 pretty large. And as I look to the other clubs in D.C. and L.A., um, they're around that same size. And so we we can accommodate a, a lot of people. Let's talk about the restaurant and bar, and talk about since you know that's my thing. Uh, bars and bars and restaurants. I want to talk about uh, the chef, the type of food. Uh, what to expect at the bar? Start, you know, just give me an idea. So all of our restaurants are chef driven. To to go uh, back to the point around making sure that uh, the clubs are authentic to the cities that we're in. Our menus are are reflective of of the city. So uh, Atlanta, you'll find a menu that again chef driven, but uh, has a ton of of uh, of takes on. Uh, traditional. I mean, we're we're in the South, so these are these are comfort uh, type foods. Um, and if you go uh, up to to DC, um, amazing program there as well. I mean, it, it's it's food from across the the African diaspora, um, but presented in a way that that is uniquely DC. But I, I encourage anybody that hasn't dined with thing? us. Uniquely. You gotta see it. So our our chef, our chef there. Um, 
it, it, he may be the most creative person that I, I've ever I've ever met. What's his name? Uh, uh, Martel Stone. And okay. so I, I encourage it. So our, our wings in, in in D.C. were just recognized by a pretty major publication as the best wings in, in D.C. So uh, we take Why? what makes them so special. So they're called the Wabash Wings, and and it's one of those things that you have to experience. Again, I, I'm 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 from Atlanta, right? So we take our wings uh, seriously down here too. But uh, the are wings they hot, and spicy, or are they sweet and kind of have a, a tang to them? Uh, what's the deal they've with the wings? Little spice, a little tang to them, but it's unique, right? I, again, I've I've prior to to. Um, Meeting Chef Stone, I've I've never had a wing like this in my life. I, I really would encourage uh, folks to to come and visit. That's, it, it, this is one of the I could talk about a lot of things with TGS. This is one of the things that, that is actually very hard to describe. What else is on the menu, Ryan? So it, in in DC, um, so I will say this too. So our menus are always changing, right? I mean, because okay. the membership is is there uh, quite quite frequently. Uh, we don't we don't stay with the same same menu for very long, um, and and that's important important to us. But staples, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned the wings that are now uh, uh, award winning and been recognized. It's a signature. That's not going anywhere. That's not you you you'll be able to find those um, at 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 any time. But I mean, there he he's got. I mean, there's a soup called the Triple C soup in in DC. Really, just fantastic. Um, I mean, even just our, our lunch program is. What's the deal with the soup? What's in the soup that makes it so fantastic? <laughs> what you experience when you have that soup, it's got a little crunch. It's a little sweet. It's got some crab in it. I mean, like, honestly, it, it, our, the food is something that we take really, really seriously at TGS. When I told my parents that I was, um, I was going to pursue this full time, the first thing my dad said back to me, was well, country club food isn't that good. So if you're going to do it, it mm. needs to be good. So we, we've taken really seriously having a food program that that folks enjoy. And that's important that you have the crab in in that soup. Seeing you're so so close to Maryland, right? A- absolutely. So again, like true, true to the city, true to the to the region, really. Mm-hmm. The menu um, reflects the the best local ingredients that that you can find. And in the case in DC, one of those is crab. So talk about the, the beverage program and the cocktails, wine, beer, what's going on there? Uh, we take we take cocktails seriously at TGS uh, uh, as well. And I mean, they're, they're all uh, craft, craft cocktails that have been uh, curated by uh, members of our team that have been uh, around for a long, long time. In Atlanta, um, uh, JT is, uh, is how he is, is uh, known. Um, has been the person that's been spearheading our our cocktail program for a long time. I don't know anyone that knows more about spirits than than him. Um, but again, it changes, right? Because the the goal of the of the program is to provide something new. The signature drink that you'll find at TGS though is a smoky old fashioned, and um, it it is a it, it is a, a TGS favorite across really all locations. At all locations, you can get the smoky old fashioned. Smoky old fashioned. Who doesn't love a great uh, old fashioned? So that's that's good to know. And what about the wine program? Wine program we take take seriously uh, as well. I mean, TGS candidly has always been more of a craft cocktail uh, place than than we are anything else. But you can find, I mean, most of the the wines that uh, that folks <laughs> enjoy. 
uh, we, we source them and, and actually take a lot of pride. I will say this too. We take a lot of pride in trying to discover what's new. So mm-hmm. as uh, new spirits or new wines are introduced, uh, a lot of times you'll be able to find find them um, at, at TGS because we're always looking to, to make sure that we're introducing our membership to what's uh, the latest and greatest. Okay. Now, how do you get the word out about the gathering spot? I, I don't know why I was about to say the smoking gun, but the gathering <laughs> spot. Um, how do you get the word out about that? Because it seems like, you know, you got more than 5,000 solid members and you got all these high profile people constantly in and out. and You've got these awesome programs. So how are people finding out about it? Transparently through through word of mouth, uh, we, we do host a lot of programs and that brings a lot of people in into uh, to the club for the things that we host. Members bring guests uh, for, for a lot of the things that we host. But past that, honestly, we, we haven't traditionally done done much. I mean, TGS is more than anything, again, in the community business. Mm-hmm. And the best way that communities grow are from people within the community really sharing their experience and and bringing in other good uh, good people to the club. So one of the, that that has primarily been the the way we do we do uh, talk uh, pretty openly about different aspects of, of the business uh, through social. So if you're interested in in learning about some of the work that's happening, uh, you can do that online because a big part of our, our our efforts here are connected to advocacy work. I mean we're we're heavily involved in all things civic engagement. Um, uh, and, and you know, particularly if you look at efforts here uh, recently in Georgia, uh, we're, 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 we're pretty uh, involved in making sure that everybody had their voices heard in the last election. That activity is mostly found on social. And so fo- some folks find out, find out about the club through our social channels. Well, you mentioned your dad um, earlier and you talked about how he was like, you know, if you're going to have food, make sure it's above and beyond what you find at the usual country club. So I want and you were saying that um, your dad is an entrepreneur and he has an entrepreneurial spirit spirit. And he taught you how to like kind of bring you in the fold of how to operate your own business. So I want you to talk about that. Some of the things that you learned from him. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate. So my parents have worked together for a really long time in, in businesses um, that now that a lot of my members of my family, including my sister um, are, are, are principals. And the, the, the cool thing about what I learned growing up though, honestly, were, were a lot of lessons that I didn't know that I was learning. Right. I, I, I picked up a lot that wasn't necessarily even formally uh, told to me, but just growing up, um, had yeah, just you know over her hearing kitchen table mm-hmm. uh, talk learned learned a ton um, as that training became more formalized as I I sought to open uh, my own business it just kind of clicked by then right some of those lessons clicked in but I mean the, the, there, there's been a ton of reinforcement along the way I mean I, I think that that if there's one thing that my my dad um, has, has stressed it's hard, we already give you one I'll give you two um, the first thing is that you really have to just do business the right way that people ultimately remember um, how you treated them and, and what you stood for. And that, mm-hmm. that, that goes as far as anything um, else that you'll do. Mm-hmm. The second thing and this, th- this advice came at a really critical moment for us uh, was, was that small ideas will, will keep you small. I still say that to our team all the, all the time that you've got to really fight for the best possible version of whatever it is that you're building and, and and dream big, right? And and I have had plenty of opportunity 
um, to pursue. I mean, I, I mentioned the first club was 25,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And I said that as a 23 year old um, to folks starting my first business, many people will look at me and say, really? Like you? <laughs> and, and, and are you sure? Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my, my dad had always given the encouragement that, again, you've got to fight for the best possible version of, of whatever it is that you're trying to build. And to us, that was, that was needing some more space to do it. So I know that you're, you still have an infant, so you haven't exactly taught her, given her any tips or anything like that, but what, um, do you plan on passing on to her as far as generational wealth with the business? Cause this is a huge business you've got going on right now, you're constantly opening, uh, consistently opening these new locations. So you're going to be around for a while. So she's going to be growing up with the business and the family. So uh, what do you plan on telling her as as time goes on? I, a, a lot of the lessons that I, that I mean, I just shared. Plus, I mean, it it, it, it to me is it, it, the, one reflection that I've had uh, just as you know, we've we've gone through this journey is that it's really hard to become something that you haven't seen before. And so a big point of emphasis for me is really just to make sure that she's exposed to, yes, the business, but then also all of the people that are within uh, this community that she could learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fundamentals will always be the fundamentals and being honest and, and making sure that you're diligent about doing your, your work. Um, but I think past that, it'll be to make sure that she understands that whatever it is that she wants to, to go off and, and accomplish, um, that those things are doable and, and that, you know, we, we have, we collectively as, um, as a family talking about me and, and my wife are, are, are working to try to make sure that there, there's no option that will ever be off of, um, off the table. So while she is very young uh, now, I do take very, really, really seriously though. What's your daughter's name? Cameron. So, so my wife's name is Cassandra. Uh, my name is Ryan. And then my daughter's name is Cameron, so C-A-M-R-Y-N. Okay. Um, and it, it is important for, for Cameron to understand now, though, um, even though she's young, she's 16 months, that <laughs> uh, it's important for, 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 for me just from, from a present standpoint, mm-hmm. right, for, for her to know um, and have a really strong relationship uh, with, with, with me and, and with her mom. Uh, we we take that like extremely seriously, and that 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 for me has been uh, a transition, right? I mean, I, I've worked for years within this business, uh, especially during the early years, uh, for really really long um, hours and and put in a lot of time. Um, I still put in my my fair share of hours, but. I prioritize making sure that my daughter really has a sense and again, a, a relationship with me. Um, we've gotten to the place where, I mean, folks can call me a bad CEO if they want to, but what she's never going to, to call me is a bad dad. And, and that, that for me is, is the way that I, I try to operate each, each and every day. Awesome. That, that is fantastic. Um, do you think that she go into the family business? Is that what that's what you're that's, a, that's, that's completely that, that is 1000 percent going to be up to her. Um, I mean, having grown up within a I mean, my 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 parents are like really good entrepreneurs. I mean, they they I watched their business go from two people in our basement to several thousand people uh, within a short period of time. So they 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 have um, they have you know, just just 
I mean, their, their businesses have been um, really, really successful. At the same time, while that was going on, I wanted to be an attorney. And, and that was a thing that I felt like was uh, my, you know, my path. It's funny now that I'm an entrepreneur too, um, but I want to make sure Cameron has that same sort of flexibility. And I, I felt felt perfectly fine as I um, talked growing up about not being in in the business. Um, and I want her to, to to know that she has that same same flexibility too. Okay, you know I, what I really like about the gathering spots is that. You said this is a, my favorite part of what you were telling me about it, about how there's so many different, so many different uh, people who have different careers and backgrounds. So it's it's like the perfect dinner party, you know. Like you know, they always say that it shouldn't be a whole um, a table full of the same type of people at a dinner party. It should yeah. be mixed up so you can yeah. have some real energy and a good you know great conversation starters. So talk about the importance of that one more time. I mean, I, I think that we you know so there there are two things, right? So we live in a world that's increasingly uh, digital, right? And I think sometimes we're, we're we're told that the way to make connections with people is to do it through sometimes just like really you know just not very personal connections. And so what we're trying to do here at TGS is to one, like do that old school thing, right? Get back to actually having to talk and build relationships with people. But when you look at the composition of who's there, it's also to make, it's also important to make sure that there's diversity of thought and, and perspective and experience um, that that's in the room. So we spend a lot of time uh, there too. I mean, you, you, you're looking at folks that are just starting their career uh, in, in community with and in connection with people who are retired, uh, there's real value in, in, in that, right? And so there's a bunch of different ways that you can cut it, but at the end of the day, the thing that you're getting, um, no matter when you come, is that balance. I look at it as balance more than anything else. And uh, you, you don't get there though, unless you're, you're super specific about, about getting there. You've gotta, you've gotta really take the time to understand, one, who's there and two, who do we need? Right. And so our team uh, sits and, a and asks those questions of ourselves every day and uh, makes adjustments as we uh, as we think that the, the club needs to to grow and kind of stretch into to new areas. OK, um, well, this is all great, Ryan, but because this is feast and fashion, got to ask a couple of fashion questions, fashion related yeah. style questions. So what's is there a dress code at your spots? So there is a dress code, uh, and and but but it's casual, right? So we want you to to come as who you are, but we want you to come intentionally, and uh, that leaves room for a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. But but you know the the main thing that we ask is that you just you you, you get dressed with intention uh, that that day is 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 the goal. So as long as it as it feels purposeful, you're you're welcome to to come come in. I kind of have the feeling, though, that uh, because it's the gathering spot, whether it's in L.A., D.C., and then, um, I mean, excuse me, Atlanta, D.C., and then upcoming L.A., that people are going to be dressing up to show out. So let's just be real. A lot, especially the women, I am sure people are coming there and they're dressing their best. Yeah. So, well, particularly for uh, for for evening, anything that, that's in the evening, right? So the day changes at TGS in the morning. It's a lot of breakfast meetings and folks that are they're getting their day started with uh, having what a lot of times are business uh, related conversations. 
as the day goes on, you got a lot of folks that are working, right? And so um, the the from a fashion standpoint, it becomes much more functional, right? People are there to get something done. And then in the evening time, no, people come and, and put put their, their their best on, which is uh, to me again, it, it shows it shows balance and diversity, right? Where we we we're, we're all of those people that I just described. We're the business professional for breakfast. We're the more casual person, you know, for for lunch that's trying to finish our work. And then in the evening time, we like to 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 uh, to look our best. Well, Ryan, it has been a pleasure chatting with you for Feast and Fashion. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I love everything that I've learned about the gathering spots. Um, and I really hope that you consider to come to Chicago soon. <laughs> so we've got a membership community in Chicago. You, we're doing stuff there all the time. Again, I can't break any news, but I, I'll, I'll just say that Chicago is important to us. That is good to know. <laughs> That's good to know. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, that does it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Ryan Wilson, again for joining me. We're back next Friday with another outstanding, talented, and of course, stylish culinary personality you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Feast and Fashion on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. I'm your host, Adasha Townsend. Meet me back here next Friday. <laughs>